It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Oh, he knows just what to do whenever you pray. Let him have his way, and he will fix it for you. I love the Lord. He my cry, and he pitied every groan. Long as I live and trouble rise, I'll hasten to his throne. Oh, let Jesus fix it for you, for you. For he knows just what to do whenever you pray. Let him have his way, and he will fix it for you. I love the Lord. He my cry, and he pitied every groan. Long as I live and trouble rise, I'll hasten to his throne. Oh, let Jesus fix it for you. For you, for you know just what to do whenever you pray. Let him have his way, and he will fix it for you, Jesus. My God, I know his name, his name is all my trust. He will not put my soul to shame, nor let my hope be lost. Oh, let the success for you, for you, for he knows just what to do. Whenever you pray, let him have the way, and he will fix it for you.
Whenever you pray, let him have a way, and he will fix it for you. Whenever you pray, let him have his way, and he will fix it for you. Our Father and our God, we come this afternoon with a grateful heart and with the fruit of thanksgiving upon our lips. Once again, Lord, just to say thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in the service one more time. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord, that have sustained us and kept us from the rock of our cradle to this very present moment. Lord, you've been our very present help in times of trouble, in good times, in bad times, in times of need, times of want, in times of plenty. You have been there, Lord, at every turn. And Master, we just come this afternoon to say thank you. Thank you for guiding our footsteps once again to the house of worship. That prayers can be heard and your mercy can be found. We pray that for your intervention in the service on tonight. Bless our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word on tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, Father God, that we may walk circumspectly to this world and win the souls of men. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our lesson on tonight comes from 1 Kings chapter 8. Chapter 8 of 1 Kings. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. And they brought up the ark of the Lord in the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle, even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen, that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the ark of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above. And all the and all they drew out, and they drew out the staves, that the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle, and they were not seen without. And there they are unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone, which Moses put, put there in Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Then spake Solomon, the Lord said, that he would dwell in the thick darkness. I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, 
a settled place for thee to abide in forever. And the king turned his face about and blessed all the congregation of Israel. And all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which spake with his mouth unto David my father, and had with his hand fulfilled it, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people Israel out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel to build a house, that my name might be therein. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. And it was in his heart, and it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And the Lord said unto David, my father, whereas that it was in thine heart to build a house unto my name, thou did well that it was in thy heart. Nevertheless, thou shalt not build a house, but thy son that shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build a house unto my name. And the Lord had performed this, performed his word that he spake, and I am risen up in the room of David my father, and sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and were built, and had built a house of, for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I have set there a place for the ark wherein is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers when he brought them up out of the land of Egypt. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hand toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or, no, or on earth beneath, who keepeth covenant and mercy with, with, his, with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart, who has kept with thy servant David, my father, that thou promised him, thou spake also with thy mouth, and hast fulfilled filled it with thy hand as it is this day. Therefore now, Lord God of Israel, Keep with thy servant David, my father, that thy promise him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel, that thy children take heed to their way, that they walk before me as thou hast walked before me. And now, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou speak unto thy servant David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth beyond? On the earth, behold, the heaven of heavens, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built. Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant, and to the supplication of, and to that, and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayed before thee today, that thine eyes may be opened toward this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, My name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. And hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant, and to the people, and to thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear down in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. If any man trespass against his neighbor, and and an oath be laid upon him to cause him to swear, and, and the oath come before thine altar in, in this house. Then hear thou in heaven and do, and judge thy servant, condemning the wicked to bring his way upon his head, 
and justifying the righteous to give him according to his righteousness. When thy people Israel smites down, when thy people Israel be smitten down before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall turn to thee, and confess thy name, and pray, and make supplication to thee in this house, then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them again to the land which thou gave unto their fathers. When heaven is shut up, and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, if they pray toward this place, and confess thy name, and turn from their sin, when thou afflictest them, then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy servant and of thy people Israel, that thou teach them the good way wherein they should walk, and give rain upon thy land, which thou hast given to thy people for an inheritance. If there be in the land famine, if there be pestilence, blasphemy, mildew, locusts, or if there be caterpillar, or if there be, if their enemy besiege them in the land of their cities, Whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness there be, what prayer and supplication soever be made by any man or by all that people Israel, we shall know every man that plague of shall know every man the plague of his own heart and spread forth his hand toward this house. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and do and give to every man according to his ways whose heart thou knowest, for thou, even thou only, knowest the heart of all the children of men, that they may fear thee all the days that they live in the land which thou gave unto thy, our fathers. Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but coming out of a far country for thy name's sake, for they shall hear of thy great name, and of thy strong hand, of thy stretched out arm, when he shall come and pray toward this house, hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to, call to thee for, that all people of the earth may know thy name, to fear thee as do thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have built is called by thy name. If thy people go out to battle against their enemy, whithersoever, Thou shalt send them, and shalt pray unto the Lord toward the city which thou hast chosen, and, and toward the house that I have built for thy name. Then hear thou in heaven their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause. If they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the, to the enemy, so that, they, so that they carry them away captives unto the land of the enemy for, for, for or near. Yet, if they shall bethink themselves in the land, whether they will carry captives and repent, and make supplications unto thee in the land of them that carried them captives, saying, We have sinned and have done perversely. We have committed wickedness. And so return unto thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, which led them away captive, and prayed unto, the, unto thee toward their, their land, which thou gave unto their fathers, the city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name. Then hear thou their prayer and their supplication in heaven, thy dwelling place, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people that have sinned against thee, 
and all their transgression wherein they have transgressed against thee, and give them compassion before them who carried them captive, that they may know that they may have compassion on them, for they be thy people and thy inheritance, which thou brought forth out of Egypt from the midst of the furnace of iron, that thine eyes may be open unto the supplication of that servant and unto the supplication of that people Israel to hearken unto them in all that they call for unto thee. For thou didst separate them from among all the people of the earth to be thy inheritance, as thou spake by the hand of Moses thy servant, when thou brought it our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord God. And it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees, with his hands spread up to heaven. And he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord that had given rest unto the people of Israel according to all that he promised. There had not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us nor forsake us, that he may incline our hearts unto him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments which he commanded our fathers. And let these my words wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night, that he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel at all times, as the matter shall require, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no and there is none else. Let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandment as that as at this day. And the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord. And Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offering, and he offered unto the Lord two and twenty thousand oxen and a hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. And the same day did the king hollow the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offering and meat offering and the fat of the peace offering because the brazen altar that was before the Lord was too little to receive the burnt offering and meat offering and the fat of the peace offering. And at that time, Solomon held a feast and all Israel with him, a great congregation from the entering in of Hamath unto the river of Egypt before the Lord our God, seven days and seven days, even 14 days. On the eighth day, he sent the people away and they blessed the king and went unto their tents, joyful and glad of heart for all the goodness that the Lord had done for David, his servant, and for all and for Israel, his people. First King chapter 8, verse 1 through verse 66. May the Lord add a blessing on the reading here and do of his word. A chapter of dedication, a, a, a chapter of commitment, a recommit themselves back to the Lord. Because we know before this time that Israel had sinned against God. We know that they had transgressed against the word of God. 
And so what they're doing here, Solomon is praying and giving not only himself, but the whole nation, the whole people of Israel back to the Lord. For he said that they are a people that was what? Called by his name, a people that he had took for an inheritance. They was his people. They had belonged to him. And so now they are giving themselves back to God. You know, you can belong, you can give yourself to a person, but it don't necessarily mean that the person will give himself back to you. And so now here Solomon is making a decree, a prayer, a supplication to God that they are giving themselves back to the Lord. All of this is being done before the Lord, before the altar of the Lord. He's kneeling and he's, and he's uh, directing this prayer towards heaven. The Bible says that he's kneeling on his knees and his hands are stretched forth towards heaven and he's making these supplications concerning not only himself, but the people of Israel. So let us know that we, when we pray, our prayer is not just for ourselves, but our prayer is mainly for, the, for other people. The Bible says, think not on your own thing, but think on the, on the things of others. And so we have to be more mindful of other people as much as we are mindful of ourselves. Because it's when we're in tune and walking in, in concert with God, then we're able to get a prayer through for somebody else. So Solomon is, is looking at all the different things that Israel had done in the past. And so he's bringing these things back to God, saying that if, the, if these people, if the people of Israel is struck down by any one of these different adjectives that he's talked about, when they pray toward the house that he built for the name of the Lord, that where he had placed his name and where the Ark of the Covenant is, he said, hear thou from heaven and forgive. Deliver your people Israel, for this is your people. You know, that's funny how we can say that we are the people of God, but yet we don't obey God. We don't obey God. We don't talk like we're the people of God. We don't act like we're the people of God. We don't be in the place where God is. We find every other place to go but before the Lord. Where did I at at this time? Before the Lord, at the house that was dedicated in the name of the Lord, for the people of God. The house is not just there just to say God's name is there. It's there for the people. That's what the house of the Lord was built for. It was built for the people, for them to come together and lift up the name of the Lord for all that he done. Because in, every, in, 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 in different sections of this chapter, what is Solomon saying? He's thanking God more or less for what his the walk that his father had with God and all the promises that God had made to David and that from every promise that he made, he kept them. He brought it to pass, even as it is to this day. He said he brought it to pass. And so now, 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 now Solomon is, is giving himself, and, is, and, and as he's giving himself, he's offering up peace offerings. He's offering up burnt offerings. He's offering up... Uh, uh, the fat offering. Everything that he's given, he's given it to the Lord. And as we look at the number of oxen and sheep that he dedicated and, and brought before the altar and burnt upon the brazen altar, the Bible let us know that he spared no expense. He didn't spare no expense of what he had to do for God. He only didn't spare expense as he built the house of God and lavished it out with all kind of decorations and, and all kind of different furnishing and stuff like that. 
He, he, it wasn't the way he, he didn't spend no expenses as putting the building together, where he got the wood that, that, that uh, uh, he built the temple with and all the furniture that he put. He, he, it wasn't that he didn't spend that. He also didn't spend what he was offering to God. You know, sometimes people think, look, I didn't give enough to that church. I didn't, I didn't did enough for God. I didn't did look, we could never do enough for God. We sing the song all the time. We can't beat God giving no matter how hard we try. I don't care what you give to God. Nothing can beat eternal life. You got something better than eternal life? It ain't never been, it's been said in my ears. I ain't never saw it or heard of it. There's nothing any better than living eternally with God. So we can't beat him giving. And, and, and God has been too good to us. He done brought us, we hear the most folks used to say, he done brought us from a mighty long way. And it's the truth. It's the truth. We, if we can just look back over our shoulders, in our minds, and see where we're at, we can see where God brought us from. Through every turn, God was there. Every intersection we got to, he was there. The Bible said his word has been a lamp to our feet and a light unto our pathway. We may, not, we, we, we may not be perfect. We may not be in the ride uh, as God wants us to be right now. But you hear people say, I may not be what I should be, but I thank God I'm not what I used to be. So he didn't brought us from some distance. He didn't brought us through some things, through, over, through, through the valley and over hills. He didn't brought us from a mighty long way, through sickness, through storms, through the rain, through all kinds of different difficulties, through surgeries, operations, and sickness, all kinds of different things. God didn't brought us. The scripture said, without him we can do nothing. So every achievement we have achieved. Every place we have been, every place he didn't brought us from, it was nobody but God. It was nobody but God. We give a whole lot of attention and, 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 and adoration to, about people, but that's God using people. The Bible says God is the one who softens hearts and he can harden hearts. And you ought to be thankful today that God has softened the hearts of men toward you and I. This is what they call about the favor of God. How do we get favor? Because God softened hearts. He softened hearts. What did what, one of the things that David, I mean Solomon said, he said, if the people be carried captives into another land, he said, soften the hearts. Give these people, make these people have compassion on your people wherever they didn't took them to. Let them have compassion on them. Look what he said in verse 50. And forgive thy people that have sinned against thee, and all the transgression wherein they have transgressed against thee, and give them compassion before them who carried them captive, that they may have compassion on them. Now, how do a person have compassion? It's in the heart. And so God is the one who orchestrates hearts. He's the one who softens and hardens hearts. Now, look, check this out. The same God, look what he's saying now. The same God that allowed the people to take them captive is the same God that said that he was going to give compassion to them in the land of their, cap in their captivity. The same God. 
The same God that allowed them to go in captivity because of their sin is the same God going to soften the heart to have them to show them compassion. Now, that got, that got to be nobody but God. Because when you're in it, they get their hands on you. You think they they get their hands on you to show you compassion? They're trying to get rid of you. They're trying to take you out. They're trying to kill you. They want to put their foot on you and keep you down. But here Solomon says, touch their hearts that they may show compassion to your people when they be in the land of captivity. Now, that's when you really know something about God. You got to know a, a, something about God in order for to say these things to God. Yeah. You're this type of God that you can do this and you can do that. Even though we didn't sin and you didn't allow us to go into captivity, you can touch the hearts of them people who took us and, and have them to have compassion on us. And he did that. When the children of Israel went down into Babylon, Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, these people had positions. They wasn't just slaves. These people was working in the, in the, in the government. They had government positions. And they had high-ranking government uh, uh, positions. That's why the people went out after them, because Daniel prayed. And they said, this is the only way we can get to Daniel, because we know that he prayed three times a day to his God. And they had made a decree, went to the, to the, to the king, and said, if we find anybody praying to any other God, then the God of, of, of Nebuchadnezzar, let them be thrown in the lion's den. That didn't stop Daniel from praying, because he knew something about his God. We got to know about the God we serve because we never know what position we might be in because of what somebody else did. Yes, and that God would show compassion. They told Daniel in the lion's den, and the king said, Oh, Daniel, the God you serve, if he's able to, to save you from out of the mouth of the lion. The very next day when the king went to go see about Daniel, Daniel was laying on a lion's sleep. And the people who had accused him they took and threw them in the, in, the, in the den, and the lion ate them to pieces. Same thing with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They did not bow because they knew something about God. They said, we won't bow, or we won't serve your God. When they first got down there, they, they made a decree to try and get them to eat things that God had told them not to eat. And so Daniel then went to the king and said, look, if we lose weight, if we look undernourished after so many days, by not eating the food that you want to give us, then you put us in prison. You do whatever it is that you do. Here after those times when they went and looked at, at Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and the people of Israel, they were just as healthy as the one who was eating everything that the king had on his table. That's when you have to know the God you serve. And so Solomon, through the experience of his father, he knew something about God. Why is it that we, as, as parents, don't teach our children about God? We teach them how to dance. We teach them how to sing and do all kinds of little things that look so cute to us, but yet we don't take time to tell them about where God then brought us from, what God then did for us, what God delivered us from, how he saved us from this and how he saved us from that. And here our children, they grow up without really knowing the power of God. And so what they do, they come in church and they play church. They're not serious about church. They're not serious about God because the parents wasn't serious about God. 
And so they come and they play church. They play like they didn't fell out. They play like they didn't caught the Holy Ghost. They play like this and they play like that because they don't know nothing about God. They see the other people in the church doing certain things, and what they do, they mimic that. They don't have a real experience with God. You have to be in had a real experience with God. And Solomon had saw the walk that he had with God. Even though he knew the sins, the mistakes, or whatever David had did, he knew that he walked before God with an upright heart. And God kept his promise to his father. And so everything he's, do, he's talking about here, he's talking about the experience his father had. And so now he's encouraging the people of Israel, let's walk before God with an upright heart as, I will, as my father David did. That God kept his promise as it is this day. And look, look at the, the wisdom of Solomon. Look at the compassion that he had. He didn't only pray for Israel, but also he prayed for who? The stranger. He said, Lord, don't forget about the stranger. He said, don't forget about the stranger. That, that, that was not your people. Don't forget concerning the stranger. If the stranger... In, in, in verse 43, he says, for, for thou in heaven that dwelleth, that dwelling place, and do according to all the stranger call it to thee for, that all the people of the earth may know thy name, to fear thee as thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have built is called by thy name. Now, when I looked at that, I said, now, some of that is just talk, because Israel didn't fear God. Because they did too many things against God. And so when we don't walk with the respect or the fear of God, people who are living around us that don't know God, they're not going to do it either. And so he's saying this prayer to God for strangers who was not Israelites, but they came with them from out of Egypt. Even in the, in the land of the inheritance, People came from other nations to hear and to see the wisdom of Solomon. They came because of the fame that David had when David was, was king of Israel. Through all the battles and wars that, that, that he fought and the victory that God gave him, people from other nations came there. You know, it's just like, like it is today. When you find people that's wealthy, that have something, you all, they always have what we call an entourage. People want to find them. They're not a fighter. They're not no football player, no basketball player. They just want to go along for the party. They want to go along for the ride. And so when you have a name for yourself and, 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 and you prospering, everybody want to be around you. And so these people saw the fame of David. Even they even made a song. Saul killed his thousand, but David killed his tens of thousands. You know, all of those 600 men, that, that, that faithful men, was like bodyguards to David. They wasn't Israelites. These people were from other nations that fought with David and fought for him. And so now Solomon is remembering who? The stranger. You know, you hear people say sometimes you find people on the outside the church respect and treat you much better than the people inside the church. People outside will have more respect for you than the people on the inside. And so Solomon is remembering the stranger. And this is why God wants us to live for him 
and the walk certain faith of this world that we may win the souls of men. He said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in the heaven. People on the outside want to see the God that's inside of you. But when you got the church saying as many bad words as the people on the corner saying, drinking as much alcohol as the people in the bar, in the lounge is drinking, how in the world could we draw people like that? How could the stranger want to follow you and I? He ain't want to follow you and I, because guess what? It could be one person they see that belongs to somebody's church, and, the, and, and what they do, they, get, they label all of us. Oh, all of y'all, I'm always seeing the, the deacon or, or whatever, going by his woman house or going here, going there. Or drinking as much as I drink. Or smoking as much as I smoke. You know, and y'all talking about coming to church? Well, I got to go to church. I can do that right out here. And so we have to be careful on how we walk. Why? Because we, we should want to win the stranger. Because that's what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians. That's all we were. We were strangers. We was aliens. We was aliens until God saved us by Faith through grace that we were saved. We were aliens. He said we walked, we walked according to the course of this world. So we can't talk about nobody else because that's the way we used to walk. That's the way we used to live. And so we need to live right and do right so that the stranger that's still on the outside like we was, the aliens or whatever you want to call them, would come in the house. And so Solomon remembered the stranger. He said, and forgive that people that have sinned against thee. And all their transgressions wherein they have transgressed against thee. And give them compassion before them who have carried them captives, that they may have compassion on them. Now he do know that the enemy will take them and bring them to a strange land. They, they, have, they have history about this. And they know that when the enemy overtake them, it's not going to just leave them. He's going to take them captives. He's going to make them servants. And so he said, let them have compassion. And we know that because it's all through the Bible, especially in the book of Daniel. Now, 51 says, for they be thy people, thy, excuse me, thy inheritance which thou brought forth out of Egypt from the midst of the furnace of iron. Now, when we look at that verse, and he's saying where they came from, don't seem like you would want to do nothing to go back. Huh? Don't look, if you know that you came from out of a furnace of iron, People had their foot on you. Why would we do something to go back where God brought us from? Out there working in the heat of the day, making bricks in the mud pit with no straw. You had to go. Apparently, had got so angry with him one day, he made him go pick their own straw. And he did. He said, "The tally of bricks shall not be diminished. I still want the same amount of bricks." Fifty-two said that thy eyes may be opened unto the supplication of that servant and unto the supplication of that people Israel to hearken unto them and all that they call for unto thee. 
For thou didst separate them from among all the people of the earth to be thine inheritance, as thou spake by the hand of Moses thy servant, when thou broughtest our fathers out of Egypt, O, o Lord our God. They didn't, they, they, they didn't do it on their own. He said it was God who brought them out of Egypt. Moses might have was the one who, who, who was there in a physical sense, but it was God who led them out. When God had called Moses to go get the children of Israel out of Egypt, he said, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses asked God, he said, well, Lord, who, who am I tell sent me? He said, tell him I am that I am sent me. He said, well, then how, how, how are the people going to know, you know, uh, that you sent me? He said, they're going to know that I sent you when you bring them out. Because it, it, you don't have the power or the strength to bring them out. You're going to know I'm the one. They're going to know I'm the one who sent you because when you bring them out, you, they're going to know that it was nobody but God. We don't have that kind of strength. We don't have that kind of power over the enemy. People think that they can play around with the devil and win that battle. You're not going to play around with the devil and win that. You know, they talk about the power of God. God got all power. The Bible says he got all power in his hands in heaven and in earth. But you better believe that Satan got power. He got power. Anytime the Bible says he can transform himself into an angel of life, he got power. In the book of Acts, when he talked, he spoke to this woman of Diana. When, when, when Paul and them was out there spreading the word in the gospel, and that he was, he was, she was walking behind him and, and, and antagonizing him, saying, oh, he is the one, this is Paul, who preached about Jesus. And Paul turned around and cast that spirit out of her. The Bible says she had a spirit of divination. What that was? Divination, that's, a, that's the spirit of, of Satan. Suit saying and palm reading and, and crystal ball and all of this stuff. That's Satan. That's the work of Satan. He had power. He had power. And so we as a people of God can't underestimate the power of Satan. The only way we can beat him is through the word of God. When Jesus was baptized in, in the river Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Everything that Satan came to him with, he said, it is written, Satan. And if we don't know what's written, how the world could we win that battle? The only thing going to stand is God's word, not you and I. The only thing going to stand against the, the, the temptation and the wiles of the enemy is the word of God. And so Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Against his fiery darts, he's constantly shooting darts, darts of temptation, darts of, of hatred, darts of bitterness, darts of, 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 of division, all kind of darts he's shooting at us, darts of, of hypocrisy, darts of, 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 of laziness and, and, and idleness. People don't want to come to Bible study. You got to almost beg them to come to church. And so Satan is, is constantly throwing them darts. Don't have excuses why they can't come. Don't have excuses why they didn't make it. But when it comes down to things of the world, they find time to do that. They make preparations for that in advance. Oh, uh, 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 next month they got, a, they got this, 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 this thing that's going to be going on. Uh, we have to get our tickets. We have to hurry up. So they make preparations in advance, but they don't make preparations to come to Bible study. They don't make preparations to come to school, to, to church on Sunday. There's always some excuse. 
always something going on. Or the, or the baby wasn't feeling too well. But when it's time for you to go, so when you leave that baby with somebody else and go where you want to go. For thou didst separate them from among all the people of the earth. Now, that caught my attention because all of us then walked according to the course of this world and did our thing. Not we, we went and did our thing. We wasn't out there by ourselves. We were with friends of people who we called friends. And people who we didn't call friends, we was in them lounge with them too. But yet God separated us from them people and called us to himself. And the Bible says he didn't call us with any kind of call. He called us with a, with a high calling, with a holy calling. He called us to come in, come in out of that rain. And we came. That's how we got here, because he called us. No man could come unto the Father except my Father draw him. He is the one who separated us from all of them people who we ran with, from all the stuff that we did out there. Fifty-four says, and it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying of all his, this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he rose from before the altar of the Lord and kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven, and he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord that had given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he promised. There had not failed one word of all his good promise." which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. What, what kind of promise he made? Good promises. Good promises. Now, look how, he, how the Bible says he blessed the Lord by blessing the people. He blessed the Lord by blessing the people. Why? Because they're his. When I was sick, you came and visited me. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was outdoors, you took me in. Lord, when did I see thee in need of all this? As much as you have done to the least of my brethren, you have also done it unto me. There was his people, so we blessed the Lord by blessing the people. We blessed the people by blessing the Lord to do right before him and before the people. Why? Because when we do right and do good, we show in Christ. The Bible said, do good to who? All men. It's pleasant to, eat to those that are the household of faith. We got to do good to all men. People who don't like you, people who talk about you, people who don't speak to you, people don't, that, that don't look like you, you got to do good to all men. But it's pleasant to them of the household of faith. It's pleasant to them. If you don't do good to nobody else, you better do good to them. Blessed be the Lord that has given rest unto his people Israel, according to all. You know, the same way he gave them rest from the hands of, his, of, of the enemies from fighting physical battles out there, the same thing that he do to us in the church. People get so comfortable and so relaxed that they go looking for something to excite themselves. And before you know it, they're back out into the world. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, and my peace I leave with you. People can't handle peace. They got people can't handle peace. This is too boring. And what they do, they go marry people outside the church 
that have them swinging around on the, on the fan in the chandelier and jumping pews and all of this kind of carrying on because they look for some type of excitement for that flesh. And God said, look, I'm giving you peace. But people don't want peace. They don't want it. They want excitement. And the Lord, the Lord our God, be with us as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us, nor forsake us. That he may incline our hearts. Now, check this out. That he may incline our hearts, not his heart, that he may incline our hearts unto him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments and the commandments of our fathers. Now, to incline means to relax, to be comfortable. And he said that he may incline our hearts unto him. In other words, he said, rest in me, my son. Rest in me, my, my daughter. Incline your heart and your soul and your spirit with me. Relax. I got you. I got you. You know, when people is not feeling well, or they've been outside, look, uh, baby, go sit down. I got this. Baby, sit down. I'm going to cook tonight. Baby, sit down. I'm, I'm going to go make the bed. I'm going to do this. Why? They want you to incline. Go and relax yourself. Let your heart be directed towards this. I'm directing my heart, my love towards you by what I do that you may rest. And so he said that he may incline our hearts unto him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgment and his commandments which he commanded our fathers. In other words, the same word for, for, the, for the fathers is for who? It's for everybody. What I say to one, say to all. Ain't no different word. God got the same word for all of us. So we got to lift our hearts, incline our hearts, lift it up towards him. Lift our hearts in his direction. And let these, my words, wherewith I have supplication before the Lord, be nigh unto the Lord our God, day and night, that he, may ta- that, he may, that he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel at all times, as the matter shall require. That he may maintain what? Our cause. We can't do it ourselves. There are some things that, that, that God leave for us, but there's things that's only left for God. And he said that he, that, that Solomon is asking the Lord to do what? Maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of all his people, Israel, at all times as the matter shall require. Whatever the matter is, whatever requirement that's, 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 that's needed, Lord, you maintain this cause. I'm going to put it in your hands because if I touch it, I might mess it up. And a lot of times we do things that we feel or believe that we should do and how it should be done when God is saying something altogether different. Verse 6, it says that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. So in other words, he's just saying that when we leave our cause before God and he works it out, matter of fact, what we're saying at the opening of the service, let Jesus fix it for you. And so whenever you pray, let him have and this is what Solomon did. He prayed and said, Lord, 
when any of these kind of matters come about, maintain our cause. That all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. Ain't nobody else like you in all the earth, in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Ain't nobody like you. Matter of fact, they had, had a song. So I've been searched the whole world over, and I found none like you. Verse 61 says, Let your heart, therefore, be perfect with the Lord our God, to walk in his statutes, to keep his commandments as at this day. And the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord. And Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offering, which he offered unto the Lord, who two and twenty thousand oxen and a hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. They was having a feast. They was having a glorious good time. The same day did the king hollow the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord, for there he offered burnt offering, meat offering, and the fat of the peace offering, because the brazen altar that was before the Lord was too little to receive the burnt offering and meat offering and the fat of the peace offering. Now, all of these things that was offered to God, the place that you brought it, it was too small. Couldn't handle it all. When is going to ever be with the time that an offering could come into the house of God that the, that the house would be too small to receive the offering that people would bring? People is counting pennies and nickels and dollars. When is, when God when God going to really get in the hearts of the people to give? The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. So let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. They was glad to give. This was a time of rejoicing. We're dedicating this place to God. God's going to place his name here. His word is here. And so we're going to give all that we have to the Lord because we wouldn't have what we have if it wasn't for him. They're, 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 in, the, in the chapter, he kept saying where God brought him from. God brought him from out of Egypt, from slavery. What do a slave own? He don't even own himself. Say, so look, this is where God brought us from. And he called us to be his people and gave, and gave us a land full of milk and honey, and, be, and we became his inheritance. So why not give God your best? Sixty-five says, And at that time Solomon held a feast, and all Israel with him, a great congregation, from the entrance in of, of Hamath unto the river Egypt, before the Lord our God, seven days and seven days, even fourteen days. On the eighth day, he set the people away, and they blessed the king, and went unto their tents, joyful and glad of heart, for all the goodness that the Lord had done for David, his servant, and for Israel, his people. That's something how some people can get stuff from God and don't even say thank you. You know, oh, you know when we're coming up, our parents taught us that. Say, look, when somebody do something for you, say thank you. Say thank you. Show some manners. Yeah. Show a person that you that you appreciate. Yeah, show some gratitude for what somebody did for you. You know, when you show a person gratitude and that you were thankful for what they did, all you're doing is encouraging them to do what? Bless you some more. To do something even greater for you. 
The Bible says he that is faithful or thankful in a little, he'll bless you with a lot. Well, let's conclude our eighth chapter. There was so much of meat nuggets in that chapter concerning the church. And who are the church? We are the church. God has done great things. God has done great things in our lives and for our lives. Brought us from a long way. Took us from huts and rentings and allowed us to buy and own. And here, we don't turn around and bless him and bless the Lord back. Instead of showing the, 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 the stranger, our God, we show him self. We want to be seen. Well, we thank God for who came. Thank God for who heard and listened. I don't know about nobody else, but I enjoyed the lesson tonight. This concludes our lesson for the night. And on, if the Lord said the same on next Tuesday, we're going to chapter 9 of 1 Kings.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 